Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, welcome to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and today we get to chat with Jeff Kirshner. I'm so excited. He is from Literati. If you've seen the app, it's incredible. If you haven't seen the app, prepare to be amazed. Jeff is the founder and uh, creator of Literati. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Chris, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. First of all, people can find it at literati.org and, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and things like that. Of course, everything will be in the show notes. It's available for iOS and Android. It's an app. Tell us just about the idea, Jeff. I was hiking through the woods in Oakland, California with my two little kids, and my daughter, who was four at the time, noticed this plastic tub of cat litter sitting in a creek, and she just said, Daddy, that doesn't go there. And it was this innocent (laughs) comment, but... For me, it was an eye-opening moment. And when she said that, it reminded me of when I was a kid. I used to go to summer camp. And on the morning of visiting day, just before they'd let our parents come in, the director would say, quick, everybody go pick up five pieces of litter. So you get a couple hundred kids. We're each picking up five pieces. And within a few minutes, we had a spotless camp. And I thought, why not apply that crowdsource cleanup model to the entire planet? And that was the inspiration for starting Literati. What happened next was a little bit weird. I took a photograph of a cigarette using Instagram. Uh Then I took another photo and another photo and another photo. And I noticed two things happening. The first was litter suddenly became artistic and therefore approachable. Uh The second thing was that at the end of a week, I had 50 or 60 photos on my phone and I had picked up every single piece I'd shot. And I realized that the same way that people measure the steps they walk or the miles they ride, I was measuring the positive impact I was having on the planet. No idea what I could do with that information. I just thought it was cool. And so I started telling people. And to make a long story a little bit longer, what started <laughs> as nothing more than you know one photograph and one cigarette has now transformed into a community in 115 countries. We've now picked up 3.7 million pieces of litter that have all been mapped, cataloged, and measured. Um, iOS and Android app, as you mentioned, and we feel like we are just getting started. That's awesome, Jeff. The the idea, the name of the app is Literati, so L-I-T-T-E-R-A-T-I. Yeah, it's just a simple app. You can download it on your phone or devices. So if a teacher at a school wants to make some sort of impact in their community, They've got to get a bunch of kids with devices and pick up some trash, right? Correct. I mean, this is how it works. It's pretty straightforward. You photograph a piece of litter and that photo holds a lot of data, right? Mm -hmm. It it tells us who picked up what, where, and when. So every photograph, you're able to understand which of your students, because they've registered the app, picked up what because they're tagging Starbucks or plastic or bottle cap. There is a geotag and a timestamp, right? The where and the when. And so when you have all of these students using Literati and all of that data can be aggregated together, we provide you with this visualized map and these analytics so you can see and understand the impact of your class. And we've been working with a number of schools and school districts uh, to really make a difference. I'll give you one story that was really the first, what we call story of impact, that mm-hmm. was an eye for me personally as to the power of what students can do. 
group of fifth graders in a town called Modesto, California. Yep. They used the Lerati to pick up 1,247 pieces of litter just on their schoolyard. And they learned from the data that the most common type of litter were the plastic straw wrappers from their own cafeteria. So okay. these kids went to the principal and said, why are we still buying straws? And they stopped. Like that straightforward, that simple. Yeah, that's an incredible impact, Jeff. Um, just thinking all it took was a class using the app. And then, like you said, you can tag it. And, and in the app, it's got, it's got chips. It's got cigarettes. It's got straws. It's got all those kind of typical types of garbage things you see. Uh, what's interesting is on the website on literati.org, you can also see the most commonly tagged items. So 1.1 million tagged plastic, 300,000 plus cigarette tags. Those are, those are some crazy big numbers. And as, as me as a math teacher, we're always looking for realistic story problems. There's, there's story problems right there. You know, on the surface, I would agree, like, those seem like big numbers. But I think, unfortunately, the reality is that they're quite small when you think about the scale of the problem, right? So oh, yeah. is a global pandemic, and mm -hmm. it impacts the economy, the environment, it degrades communities, it kills wildlife. And now with the plastic pollution in the ocean, it is poisoning our food system. And right. so... I think we are off to a decent start, but I think we got a long, long way to go. And I think one of the areas that there's so much potential is with students, because you know if you're really going to create long-term transformational change, exactly, there's no place to start than than with our kids and and our younger audiences. So you shared you shared one story about just a school, a fifth grade class noticing a bunch of especially straw wrappers in the data. And then going to the principal, talking about that. What are what are some other ways that um, the teachers at classrooms at schools could could use it? I mean, I get it. You can just pick a spot in town. You can pick your schoolyard. Any have you have you heard other other ways that, that teachers are using it? You know, I, I attended a classroom where they had used Literati for the week before I came in. Okay. And the reason that I was there was to hear what they had done with the data. And so it was fascinating. What they did was they created a writing assignment and it was very straightforward. So on the, the week before I was there, their assignment as students was go home, take one photograph, one literati photograph, mm -hmm. and then write a one page essay as to how this particular item that you found ended up on the ground. Now they made it up, right? So it was, how do you envision, think this thing, right? So the one I remember was about a trident gum wrapper. Mm -hmm. And the student had created this incredible sort of complex narrative of how there was a, a boyfriend and girlfriend and they started by like sharing one piece of gum and then they got into an argument and she threw the gum wrapper at him and then he threw it at her and it ended up lying there on the ground, right? And so yeah. that was what, particular student wrote, which was really interesting. But the second part of their, their assignment, the day that I was there, was to talk about what are the solutions that could be brought to bear to prevent that from happening in the first place. And what was fascinating was you heard different solutions, everything from, well, the gum company, in this case, Trident, needs to come up with more sustainable forms of packaging, right? Okay. What would it look like if industry changed supply chain to create more sustainable forms of packaging. Mm -hmm. Other solutions were, 
around the strategic placement of trash cans and recycling bins, right? Mm-hmm. Others were around government policy. So you had this really interesting creative writing assignment that took place based on this data that was collected using this technology in a way that I hadn't seen before. And I thought, that's just a really fascinating way to get students talking about, here's the problem, what are potential solutions? Right. And we want our students to be problem solvers. That's, that's really a, a huge thing in STEM education that as we learn more and more about what we want to get kids focusing on in STEM, we don't want them to just learn facts of science, technology, engineering, and math. We want them to say, okay, using all that information, how can I, like you said, how can you make an impact? How can you do something in the community? How can you think about it narratively in terms of a creative writing assignment? What a, what a tremendous idea as we try to think of other ways to draw um, literacy and things like that into STEM education. That's a, such a great idea, Jeff. I'm imagining plenty of teachers out there could, could easily do that with their classroom. You know, we, we just ran a, a pilot program with the city of Philadelphia where we introduced literati into 12 public schools. Okay. And I mean, the impact they created was tremendous. 12,000 plus pieces, uh, 300 students, you know, in a couple of weeks time, that data was presented to the mayor's office. And now oh, wow. all of a sudden you're now tying local students to you know, the politicians. And, you know, you can envision, and we're talking about this with the city, um, the, the zero waste leaders leadership there. Like, what would it look like if you all of a sudden had a citywide initiative where all of the students were not only cleaning a city, but collecting data, coming up with solutions, presenting it to local officials in a way that brought in industry, that brought in policymakers, that brought in activists, brought in their parents. I mean, yeah. what an amazing way to have your students um, create impact at a citywide level. Yeah. And just thinking in terms of a city, you think about so many types of data, especially I love the tagging features. So you tag it, you know, this comes from like you, you mentioned, let's say this one comes from one particular fast food restaurant and this cup over here is from some other fast food restaurant. You can tell, and, and then you can say, okay, is, is one of these places doing a better job? Like you said, just with maybe trash barrel locations nearby that what's, what's different about one place versus the other? Why is there more trash coming from this one than, than the other? And, and the tag, so two things, one around tags, we just received, we we're very lucky and very fortunate. We received a grant from the national science foundation to start to focus on improving and scaling the technology. And the key area that we are focused on is around machine learning and specifically image recognition. So you can imagine a lot of the things that are found on the ground or on the beaches or on the streets are in different states of decay and decomposition, right? So the Dorito bag, which you would find on a store shelf, has that very rich red, right? Well, if it's laying on some beach for six months, it is completely bleached white, right? Or the Snickers wrapper may just be the corner of the S because the N-I-C-K-E-R-S is ripped and blown away. And so machine learning and image recognition specifically can begin to help our community, our users identify both brands and materials, even if they can't necessarily immediately detect what that item is. Right? right. So that area is really fascinating. And what it does from a tagging perspective is it eliminates the need for the individual to type in Doritos or potato chip or candy or plastic or bottle cap. And that's great because what we want to do is create something that is super simple, 
from a design perspective, yet also yep. sophisticated enough that it can present statistically significant data sets. And so that's one thing that we're working on that should be live pretty soon. The other thing around tags that I think is interesting is really a challenge that we face. Mm-hmm. And we're working on different ways to solve this. Um, and frankly, this is, I think, a great area where students can get involved to come up with different solution sets. As you can imagine, you might tag Coke, I tag Coca-Cola, and a third person tags Coca-Cola. Yeah. So the same brand, three different tags. So how do you build this database and this technology in a way that it can recognize those three tags and mm-hmm. have a reconciliation to know that it's actually the same brand? Um, really interesting problems that, that we are certainly facing. That's awesome. And, and again, these are the same types of things that we want our kids to grow up and figure out ways to solve problems. So here they get to be actually part of a solution of the trash problem, the solution of this litter problem, but also at the same time be helping provide this data that then governments and uh, officials and businesses can actually use the data that you have. Right, Jeff? That, that's absolutely right. And, you know, just to go back to the classroom for a second, you know, you can envision a, a class using for, from the math perspective, and, and perhaps this is rudimentary, but maybe it gets really interesting when you say, okay, we are 20 students. We went outside for 30 minutes and we picked up 1500 items. What would our impact be if we were 200 students out for three hours or yeah. How many students would it take to get to 10,000 pieces? And where that then leads is to a conversation about the bigger global problem. Because all of the research papers, which are great, are also extrapolations, right? They are estimates of what, you know, how much plastic is lying in the ocean. And the numbers are staggering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But when you start to think about, okay, those numbers being so large, realistically, in terms of people power, what would it take? To clean the planet, and yeah. it's just a, it's a it's a way of in, inviting really thought provoking conversation. Yeah, and I'm, and then another thing I was thinking the same same kind of idea, all those proportions and ratios and things like that. If if our class cleaned up everything in one city block and it took us this long, you know, to be able to extrapolate how many city blocks, how many in the city, how many in the country. Um, yeah, there's so many different ways and, and things to think of it, and then you can draw in all the science and ecology of it. You can draw in all the engineering of how these wrappers, how these products, these things that end up as trash are made and can they be redone some way differently? Like you were talking about with the Trident wrapper or um, even just all the, all the data of where things are located. So you can start talking about um, geography and things like that with, with your kids. It's, it's incredible just from, like you said, starting with just going for a hike in the woods and taking some pictures of things that you saw and, and sharing that. That's incredible, Jeff. You, you know, you, you just triggered a thought when you talked about like one block. So I, I gave a TED talk um, and, and one of the examples in that talk is around this one block in Oakland, California. A few members of the literati community got together and picked up about 1,500 items. And when they looked at the data and broke it down into percentages, they learned that the great majority of those 1,500 items came from Taco Bell. They then looked at a map and saw that 
there's a Taco Bell on that block. Okay, so maybe that's not a huge insight, right? There's a Taco Bell, it's a natural sort of negative externality of a fast food chain. But what they then did was fascinating. They looked just at the Taco Bell litter, right? So they started with this one data set, 1,500 pieces of everything on the block. Then they reduced it down to just the Taco Bell litter, but then they looked at segmenting the Taco Bell litter. And what they found was you've got wrappers, you've got lids, you've got straws, you've got plastic cups. And what you also have are lots of single-use plastic hot sauce packets, right? Yeah, exactly. That made up a percentage. And then they looked at those in isolation and they learned, because everything on Litterati has a photograph, they learned that most of those single-use plastic hot sauce packets had never even been opened. So now you have this really interesting data and content that can be used to create a story that can be then used to open a discussion with a company like Taco Bell to say, hey, here's the problem, clearly mapped, clearly identified, clearly tabulated. Here are three potential solutions, right? Maybe you offer bulk dispensers only. Maybe if somebody wants hot sauce, they have to order it. You know, what are things that we could bring, simple solutions that we could bring to you to say, you're causing an environmental hazard and you're also losing money. How do we flip this story on its head to make you actually an environmental hero? That's awesome. Great ideas, Jeff. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm listening and, and thinking of myself as a teacher, uh, thinking of other teachers listening to the podcast today. There's so many great ideas and it all just starts with, with download an app to the devices that you've got available in your classroom, in your school and get your kids outside. And that's also a great thing too, just to get our kids outside. And then the, the side effect too, is like you said, coming back to that, helping this younger generation understand the importance of picking up after themselves, not just throwing something on the ground and then to, to help make a change going forward in our world, to make an impact, to make uh, our communities cleaner, to make our communities better uh, in so many different ways. Um, literati.org, again, definitely check it out. I was reminded of another class that I spoke at. So as a, a parent with you know one uh, child who's going into sixth grade and my daughter's going into sixth and my son's going into fourth, um, I've seen some interesting changes in them. And so mm-hmm. one, you know, this idea of what you purchase because what happens is you end up seeing so many things, so many different types of packaging on the ground that it can inform and influence what you decide to buy. So there have been times where you know my wife and I have been in a market and we maybe went to buy you know a, a box of individually wrapped granola bars and right. kids say, "Why don't we just make them at home? You don't need packaging, right?" Yeah. And look, not that we live in a completely zero waste home, we don't, and and we right. start. We absolutely are part of the problem as well and and certainly trying to reduce our footprint. But it's just interesting what can happen when you open our kids' eyes to the new possibilities. That's awesome. And again, these are ways that that kids can connect with STEM, with science, technology, engineering, and math in a real and relevant way each and every day in their community and and make a lasting impact uh, longer than just uh, an activity that you do uh, longer than just a, a classroom project or things like that. That's awesome. Thanks, Jeff, for, for sharing the ideas of Literati today with us. Um, if I can ask you a couple last questions and give you a, a final thought, uh, what, do, what do you hope? I mean, you're a parent as yourself, you just mentioned. Uh, what do you hope is kind of the future of, of STEM education? I, I think it's what we talked about earlier. You know, we face so many issues mm-hmm. uh, as a planet, as a people. Um, and I hope that STEM can continue to give our children the real 
world tools necessary to solve some of these problems, you know, whether it's climate change or extreme poverty or income inequality. Um, I think that STEM really arms them with a lot of the tools that frankly, when I was their age, just wasn't a priority. And so mm-hmm. for me, that, that's what it's about. That's awesome. Awesome. And then uh, Jeff, just because I love to ask everybody just to kind of get a little bit of more insight into, into the person behind the story here, if you could have dinner with somebody from STEM past or present, who would you love to just sit down with and, and talk with and, and share a meal with? You know, I, I think it would be Jacques Cousteau. And oh. the reason is that he and his program were my first introduction to how technology could be used in the environment. And while today this seems, you know, this seems very obvious, like the idea that you could breathe underwater uh-huh. back then and that you could use submersibles to go explore marine life and learn yeah. marine science, like that combination of technology and science and environment, and as somebody that loves the water and then grew up loving the ocean and, and, and being in the water, like that to me was just such... Uh, an inspiring uh, show. And so he is somebody I would love to sit down with and and just learn from. I was really inspired. That's awesome. And kids need those kinds of, of heroes, those kinds of people to, to spark their interest, their excitement in, in nature, in the world, in some aspect of STEM, help find a bunch of biographies. Again, teachers for your classroom, get, get your kids learning about somebody that's, that's doing amazing and incredible things to, to interact in our world. That's a Jacques Cousteau. I'd, I'd, I'd sit down at that meal too, Jeff, if you'd let me. You know, I, you're more than welcome to join me, but I, you know, the, 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 the contemporary individual who, who is his equivalent uh, is Dr. Sylvia Earle, right? So yeah. she doing yeah. the exact same work, bringing it to the public. And she's just a, an inspiring person who I, I, I've had the chance to, to see speak and amazing, yeah. amazing uh, scientist. Yep, definitely, definitely. So again, we've been chatting with Jeff Kirshner from Literati. Again, you can find it at literati.org. It's available on iOS and Android. So you can get out there with your kids and and make an impact, not just on the community and on the ground, what's sitting on the ground, but making an impact on the lives of those kids in your classroom. Any other last thoughts for us today, Jeff? You know, Chris, I would just say that we know that this is not an easy problem to solve. Yeah. Um, but, you know, individually, you can make a difference, but it's really together where we create the impact. And so um, we invite anyone to become part of this community. And if anybody wants to reach me, I'm just Jeff at literati.org. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear ideas about how we can improve what we're doing. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to share our story. Oh, definitely, Jeff. I, I really appreciate it. I've been a fan of Literati since you guys uh, started out kind of in uh, 2017 or so. Uh, just a great idea. Um, continued uh, success to you guys and all the all the efforts. It's exciting to hear that you got the National Science Foundation grant, and it'd be interesting to see what kind of things happen in the future. And again, teachers, like Jeff just said, email him, share share with him how you're using it in your classroom. Once you try it out, once once you come up with a great idea, share it with him, or or tag them on Twitter, or Instagram at Literati or the Literati on Facebook. I'm sure they'd love to see some of those things and and probably find some other great ideas of how other teachers are using it as well. So thanks again, Jeff, for being with us today. Chris, I appreciate you uh, having me on.
Sure. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Leave a review that helps more people find out about the show. If you want to find out more or connect with me, find me on dailystem.com or at dailystem on Twitter and Instagram. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit remarkablechatter.com.